nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry-free. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Penske, and you're on Inside Supercar. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by David Reynolds, he of the now Grove Racing, although it's probably not official yet. The announcement <laughs> came uh, yesterday at 4.30 that uh, the Kellys were stepping back. Dave, uh, I know it wasn't a shock to you because you'd known of it maybe weeks, maybe months, but uh, it's a big change uh, nevertheless. Uh, yeah, so it's going to, I think it's still going to be called Kelly Grove Racing for the, until the end of 2021, 20, I think, which is this year, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just behind the circle here. Um, yeah, well, I kind of, I didn't know about it until, you know, a few hours before the announcer went out, but I could see it coming because I know the Groves, I know how they operate. Um, when they buy a few dividends or something, they don't sort of, um, do anything by halves. They do, you know, they put their whole life into the situation. So, you know, it's only a matter of time before um, you know, Todd sold the rest of his share. But you know, it's quite a sad time because obviously, um, you know, Todd is very, very good. Um, been in the sport for a very long time. Got a lot of experience, a lot of wealth of experience. And I hope he can stay in the team at some capacity and, you know, still use his knowledge base to help out as much as you can. Um, on the other side, uh, the growers taking over, it's, it's a good thing, I think, because you know, they're very enthusiastic, very smart people, and um, you know, they're in the sport to you know, dominate. So you know, I think I've joined the team at the good time. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's gonna, they're probably going to do a lot of changes, I, I assume. Um, and try and take on the biggest and best teams in pit lane and become one themselves. Indeed. Um, you, of course, have a history that goes back to the Kellys when you first got into the category yeah, full-time. Um, you were driving for them back in uh, 2011. And in fact, this is, I think, your 12th year full-time in the series. Um, and I'm sure that you're well aware that you've been there for a few weeks or more. But um, time with the Kellys... Uh, went back to the days of Stratco sheds and things like that? Yeah, so the first, I suppose the first time I joined the team, uh, it was going really well. And then at the end, it didn't go so well. We had a bit of a disagreement. And then um, I moved to the Tickford, well, what is known now as Tickford Racing. Back when I first joined, it was Sport Performance Racing Co. Um, but my, my involvement with the Kellys, I suppose, starts before then. Back in 2007, when I became like the young, sort of young lines Holden driver program, part of that program, and I was farmed out to the Street dealer team um, to be one of their co-drivers and you know do all their ride days and their testing and part of that team. So I suppose I've known I've known Rick and Todd for as long as that. 
It's interesting, David, because you had that period there where you were entered to race Bathurst, and I know it was two years, but it must have felt like ten. Where you <laughs> entered to entered Bathurst, you're all set to go. You do a few practice sessions, and they kept bouncing you out of the car. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose the very first time back in two thousand seven, um, I was I was joined joining on the HSV dealer team, and they were one two in the championship at the time. And as a young kid, I said, "Hey, I'm probably not up to the the task to, you know, be in the mix fighting for the championship lead. And you know, if something goes wrong and I'm in the car, you know, I'd feel wholly responsible for them losing their championship. So, you know, that's when I got farmed out to the PWR team, the Paul Wheel Racing team, and I raced for the super cheap car with Cam McConville. And uh, yeah, the the engine expired on the warm up lap. But then the next year. Uh, 2008 turned up again to Bathurst, ready to go. I was Paul Dumbrell's co-driver, and um, Rick uh, Rick Kelly's car had Paul Radisich in it, and he had a massive crash at the top of the mountain and broke both his legs, pretty much. And um, yeah, so they stood me aside because Rick was filming the championship. I think he was second at the time or something like that. He was doing quite well, and they sort of stepped me out and put. Um, Rick in the autobahn car at the time, so you know he could maintain his his championship points. So you know, that, that was, you know, two starts and well, two times I showed up and nil starts on my record. So it was a bit of a strange time. And then then I got my next the full time full time year in 2008 in the Bundy Red Car, and that's when I actually first did Bathurst in 2009. <clears throat> and what made yeah, it felt like a long time, but it was it was good. Yeah, and what made it even worse in that 2006 one, you ended up in the commentary box with Mark Levy and I to call the start of the race for TUE. Yeah, in 2000, 2000, 2008 that was, I'm pretty sure. Was it? I thought it was and, six. No, nah, I think it was eight because I wasn't there. In, I could have been there in six. I was doing a cup car. No, I'm pretty sure that was 2008 because I was sort of not feeling well and they kind of used that as an excuse to... to um. Uh, flicked me out, and I had a big drip in my arm. It was all bruised and stuff because I think they stuffed up the the putting in the of the needle. And I think I remember showing you guys at that time. That's all I can't remember. I have no idea what we said on on the commentary box. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you still have mentors? Uh, dri- you know, people, drivers that uh, can give you advice, and you can speak to about. You know, a range of things. Uh, yeah, I, I I probably don't have many mentors of late, but I go through periods where I still I, I obtain some. Um, but I'd, I, you know, if I needed any help, I'd still ring Scafie if I you know needed any help whatsoever. Um, but I still go see you know the same sports psychologist I have for the last six seven years. I still go see the same massage person and. That I have the last sixteen years, I, my 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 normal regime kind of doesn't change that much. So um, I don't know. I, I always try and add something new every now and again, but it just becomes more time consuming. Tell me, uh, David, you have a relationship with uh, Stephen Grove that goes back uh, when you're in Porsche days. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I never I never raced with Stephen, but I, you know. Was part of the was part of the Porsche circle for a while, and just kind of still am. Um, and you know, he's heavily into Porsches and Carrera Cup, and he's got the GT3 R, RS and everything like that. 
or the GD3R, or whatever it's called. And, um, yeah, so I sort of known him when he first started racing Career Cup, and I think he, he got the big buzz from racing cars, and now all of a sudden he's my boss. So <laughs> it actually worked out really good because you know, I rate himself and Brent, and Brendan, his young son. Brendan's only 23 years old, but he's um, very, very sharp, very confident, um, quite an intelligent young man. So, you know, he's in a lot of the debrief sessions and he half runs the team with Todd. So, you know, he's um, he's very, very good because, you know, he's driven cars um, and he understands the engineering side, the mechanical side and the driving side. So, you know, after every session, we always sit down, myself, Andre, and him and try and go through some of the data and some of the, um, the vision to try and maximise the driving styles, I suppose, that we have for, for the car and each other. So, you know, that's kind of not really done these days. You know, you don't really sit down and go through your own performance much. It's always about how can we make the car faster, how can we make the car faster. And that's, you know, fundamentally 90% of the job, but probably the last 10% is how do you actually drive it? And that's, you know, Brenton's focus on the weekend is that, trying to get the most out of myself and Andre, which he does a good job. Which is one of the interesting things, of course, because Brenton did race in Super 2 with Triple Eight a number of years back. And uh, I remember that John Russell was uh, his uh, race engineer in that time. Um, yes, I imagine yeah. that's one of the things that obviously that Brenton would bring to those conversations, that that relaying it back to when he drove in the cars. Well, yeah, definitely. But he also, he's been a while um, working with the Triple Eight Pines, so he kind of, uh, uh, that team operates, and that's one of the best teams um, been the, probably the best team in the sport for the last 15 years. So to see how they operate, he can sort of um, compare how we do stuff and how they do stuff and, and uh, you know, operationally and everything like that. He tries to, you know, mix in to out into his team, I suppose, now. So, you know, there's heaps of benefits that come along with that. Having, having sat in your uh, garage over in uh, Salem Bend and a number of other occasions, I, uh, I've always known that uh, motor racing for you is something that you enjoy doing and therefore you want to enjoy the weekend. And there's a lot of enjoyment around the team. That's one of the things I, I sense uh, very much. And that would, it would suit you a, a lot, I imagine. You know, everyone turns up to work. They put in 100% of their, their effort, their hours. And if, and if they're not enjoying it, they won't put in as, as much effort, I'd like to say. Same with the driver, same with the engineer, same with everyone, you know, from top to bottom. If it's if it's a not enjoyable place to be, it won't last long. So, you know, the first fundamental, I suppose, part of motor racing is it, it's enjoyable and it, it should remain that way. You know, we're trying to win, we're trying to conquer and, you know, do all that stuff. But if it's not enjoyable, it's not sustainable. So, you know, um, being, ha- being happy out of the car, being happy in the car, and being fast in the car, so you know it's it's all aligned. It's all positive energy that flows on into each other within the cars and on the track itself. So you know that's um, things we're trying to generate. Indeed, one of the times I uh, was recounting back to my partner uh, at a time when I used to regularly go over to New Zealand when you were racing. In fact, in Porsche, I was uh, helping a, a young distant cousin of mine, uh, John McIntyre, in V8. And you were racing uh, over there in Carrera Cup, or I think it might have been Porsche Cup or something else. Yeah, GD3 Cup Um, challenge. And Craig Baird was there. And and 
it was a, a really fun time. I remember so vividly. You you were in a massive team, uh, Lyle Lyle um, Williamson's team. Yeah, no, I actually wasn't part of that team. I was part of um, the Triple X team, which was you know owned by Shane McKillen and Mike Morton, the Mad Butcher. So. You know, they used to be part of Lyle's team, but then they split and made their own team. And then we had myself, Craig, Daniel Gorn, um, Rodney Forbes, and and Morton and um, McKillen run cars as well. And that was probably one of the best times of my life. I have never had so much fun going motor racing ever. And you know, the results were you know, pretty good. You know, myself and Craig basically won every race there was to win. We took out majority of the polls. Um, yeah, obviously, Craig. You know, got 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 the most. He he won, I think, most of the races, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the tracks in New Zealand are very very hard to drive, and it takes a while to sort of get used to them. That's why I think um, the New Zealand kids, when they come to Australia, are very very good. They obviously started at a much younger age. But the, the tracks are very technical, and they, they teach about driving. But it was a mass. It was the best time of my life. One of the I'd best lo- times. I, I'm so glad because I, uh, I remember it vividly and I was very glad I was there to see some of it. Um, one of the things I've always felt about New Zealand uh, kids when they come up through motorsport, that by contrast to Australian kids over there, they don't get their autographs down pat by the age of 12 like they do in this country because there are so <laughs> few professional racing drivers in New Zealand. You know, it's not, a, it's not an occupation for most of them. No, it's it's kind of different over there. Like um, you know, in Australia, we've got you know, AFL, cricket, rugby. We've got all these other sports in front of motor racing. Where over there, you kind of you've really just got motor racing and rugby. They don't really have any other sports nationally. And it's it's at the on on the weekend. It's a uh, uh, majority of the time. It's a hobby for some of the for some of the families. So you know, that's there's a lot more grassroots stuff going on there. We had Shane Gisbergen on the show recently and he talked about how the politics just piss him off so much about racing. Do you... Of course. How how annoying is the politics, and particularly when we see what's going on with Gen 3, possible sale of the business, how do those things play out in your mind? Uh, Where there's people, there's politics. Where there's money, there's politics. And problems, so you're never ever going to get around that in any any sort of situation or business, unless you're, I don't know, do something from home by yourself that requires no one else. Um, it's funny that Shane said that because you know he's on the side that seem they seem to get everything <laughs> rather than not get anything. You know what I mean? You know his his team or team owner plays the political side better than anyone. And that's why you know their their cars are the best, and they win the majority of the races. I'd like to say. Um, so, I'm not sure what he was referring to, but yeah, the, the political side is is disappointing it's at majority of the time. Um, that's just motor racing. And in a perfect world, what would motor racing look like to you? In a perfect world, motor racing would look like. I have no idea. Um, there's really no, not, no, no such thing as a perfect world when you have all the indiscrepancies of in, individuals um, and their own agendas and ideas and, 
and whatnot. Um, but I suppose the perfect scenario would be the sport would be a lot cheaper to run and maintain. Um, the sport would spend more time checking all the cars and making sure they comply with everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the list could go on and on and on. It all comes down to money at the end of the day. I remember about two, three years ago, it's a blur. COVID has just sort of mixed up my uh, memory of Life. recent here. <laughs> yeah. But there was one time there and you were with Erebus. Every time I saw your car, it had the uh, sign on the hood saying scrutiny is about to have a look. What do you mean? Well, I think every time you went out, when you came in, the tech team at Supercars were going over your car like, uh, what's the saying, McCartney in Japan? Yeah, okay. Oh, maybe, I'm not sure. That could, that could happen. I don't want to say anything from the past, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think they should have been looking at our car. They should, probably should have been looking at other cars down the road. They're always much faster than ours. Mm. Have you got a lasting Kelly moment for us, a, a moment that defines your experiences with the Kellys or something the Kellys had done on the racetrack or off that uh, is etched in your memory? Um, oh, m- many back. It's all back in the early days, I'd like to say. Um, you know, obviously growing up as a fan, when Todd won uh, the Canberra race, that was pretty cool to see because he was only, I think he was in the Holden Young Lions team then, was he? Tony might remember or you might remember. And he like smoked all the more experienced people. And then obviously when Rick won um, the 2006 championship, that was pretty cool. The Dodgem Cars race? Yeah, the Dodgem Cars race, that was epic. I was at the track at the time and you know, the celebration from all the boys' hard work of the year was pretty epic and, you know, Rob Crawford ran that team and, yeah, it was mad. It was, I've got heaps of good memories from those days. And, of course, Dave, fast forward to 2021. It's another year of COVID racing. Um, yep. You obviously uh, stayed up in Townsville. Did uh, your partner, Tegan and Ryu, were they up in Townsville with you? Uh, no, unfortunately, they were um, back home. So I was itching so bad to get home as quick as I can. And when they were talking about us doing a, the next weekend at Ipswich, it sort of made my blood boil a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's very, very difficult to be on the road for any time. Um, and it's quite kind of funny how they're all kind of, you know, they're always trying to make the Victorian people go on the road to, to Queensland um, when, you know, there's 18 cars down in Victoria and there's only six cars in in Queensland, so as a sport, it should be heaps cheaper to send the six cars down into Victoria. There's more tracks available here we can go race. There's Phillip Island, there's Sandown, there's Winton. We haven't done Phillip Island in a while. We haven't done Winton for a few years. You know, obviously we've done Sandown at the start of the year, but we could do that again. They could come down here. We could knock over three rounds in a, in quick succession. And then, you know, it always seems strange that the Victorian teams had to sacrifice a lot by being on the road all last year, being on the road this year twice. Um, and the, the Queensland teams uh, just don't really sacrifice anything. So, you know, they always seem to have the advantage because, um, you know, when you go on the road, you stop. You can't really make parts, you can't develop parts. Um, you're away from your normal workshop. Things take a while for, for it to happen. So, you know, progression 
tends to come to a standstill. And, yeah, so it'd be nice to see the um, Queensland team sacrifice a little bit of the sport for once. Um, and now that the lockdown in Victoria has ended after uh, lockdown number five, um, and that ends from midnight tonight, what uh, were your plans for you to go and see the team? Would that be happening in the next few days to catch up with Alice there and the other engineers? Uh, yeah, so, at, you know, the, the, the team, we're classified as an essential business or we're essential workers, actually. So, you know, our workshop really didn't shut at all during the, during the lockdown period. The lockdown period doesn't affect sports, so we can still go about our jobs. And I know... Um, we we had our debrief there today. Um, it's kind of re- like to be honest, the lockdown doesn't really affect my life at all. Because all I do is I go to the supermarket markets and I turn and go to work. Don't really do anything else outside of boring life right now. <laughs> and everything I, that I just picked that I listed is is I can still go do. I just can't go to the gym. That's the only thing I can't miss doing. Um, but everything else, it's still going. I know the feeling, David. Yeah, I can't go to the gym either up here in the bush. Um, yeah. But fortunately, I've got a few chainsaws and a few trees. So it, it, life for me is very similar, just out in the paddock, into the supermarket, back home again and cooking up another storm. David, thank yeah, you for joining us on Inside Supercars. I look forward to when I can yeah, sit down, have a cup no of coffee with you and uh, talk about the future. Thank you Thanks, again mate. and Thanks, look boy. forward to catching up with the track. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.